0: on ladies and gentlemen mad lab here sorry about the backdrop and if you notice um, the camera is not that great as well as I'm missing my partner in crime Anthony Bachelio Bush uh, for this video so this one is going to be me solo uh, just talking about the main event Brunson versus Holland Uh, before I start please uh, subscribe click like add a comment tell me what you think of the video uh, what we're doing here um, this is brought to you by the Mayo Media Network. Uh, he's got a litany of sports out there that you got to check out. If you're just looking at this main event, go through the page. Uh, he's got tons of guys doing MMA. He's got Cody. Uh, he's got Paul doing the Dogger Pass podcast. He's got Brett Appley doing his uh, DraftKings breakdowns. You know his favorite leans, his fades, and stuff like that. Another great video, um, and just a litany of sports. He continues to keep adding, adding to this network. Uh, which is a great great community Uh, a lot of knowledgeable people uh, and it's very very beneficial for you guys so click the link below subscribe uh comment uh whatever you guys want to do let me know who you like in this fight um i had to come back to new jersey i'm actually leaving back for california today um i had to come back for a emergency press conference with my family uh so uh that's why i'm not with bush today that's why i don't have my backdrop or anything like that but uh, let's get right into it. Listen, the last couple of weeks have been really, really bizarre. You know, um, you know with uh, the main event uh, last week, you know, with Leon Edwards and the eye poke, it seemed to me like he was going to win that fight. He was kind of controlling that fight handily up until that point. Um, then you had the Aljamain Sterling issue the week before. Uh, then also last week you had um, uh, Anders with the knee. So you had like three very odd fights that were off the board because either illegal blows or or what have you. Um, So that kind of throws a wrench in the mix, right? Because some of these fights were really, really, um, you know, leaned on uh, from a DraftKings perspective. So when you get something like that and you have a high percentage maybe on that guy, you're kind of not wish-washed out of the competition, but you probably have lineups that probably just took a header. You know, so you got to uh, hope that everyone keeps their fingers in this time. Everybody understands the rules. Everybody... Uh, you know, uh, just protects themselves from a uh, legality standpoint inside the cage. It's kind of bizarre to me because there's not many rules involved. I think with the gloves, something needs to be done. Um, You know, the thing that I was talking about, and I talked to numerous amounts of people uh, about this, is that when you have boxing gloves on, okay, I know when I used to take my hands for boxing and stuff like that, you're taped up. You're in the glove. There's no way to poke. I mean, that, the large thumb, that's all tucked in. You're, there's really nothing to poke. You're not going down to a knee. I mean, if you go down to a knee in boxing, if you're down on your knees and you have your hand down and a guy hits you in boxing, man, it's ridiculous. So, But as far as MMA, when you have these open gloves on, a lot of people will say to you, why? Well, you know, lab, why can't they keep their, their fingers together? Why can't they? Why don't they just make fists? It feels very different. OK, when you have MMA gloves, I don't know if anyone who's out there who does train, but I know for me when I'm training and when when you're training and you don't have those gloves on, say you just have wraps on your hands. You don't have the boxing gloves on um, and you're usually not training in shadow boxing and stuff like that with MMA gloves on. You're, you maybe have wraps on your hands. You're 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 it's just the way you fight and the way you're practicing. You've gotta kinda, you got to kind of you don't have to, but you, you have your hands open. And you're kind of just shadow boxing. It's almost like slap boxing. So it, it's just more comfortable at that point because you're not clenching your fists. You're holding your fist where the boxing gloves and the wraps kind of help your fists stay closed. This, you're kind of open. So if you notice, a lot of guys, they almost arch their hands and they're up like this. And they're throwing, you know, and they're throwing. And then they'll close their hand as they're throwing. So I understand it's hard, but there's something has to be done. There has to be something maybe wound into the glove or something where it brings the knuckle in a little bit closer together where they can still open their hands when they have to grapple but once they let their hands loose they kind of just shift back into a position even if it's a position that's you know um half mooned but it's definitely a problem because these people now what they're doing is you know when they're when they're jabbing too they're 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 not only jabbing to hit you they're jabbing for space they're jabbing for range so when your hands are open you're getting a little bit more range you're kind of like just feeling them out and things happen. You know, fighters will, will come in and they'll dip their head and they'll get, a, you know, poked in the eye. It's been happening a little bit too much lately. It's been happening a little bit too much lately. So uh, it's something has got to be done about it. Um, it's either going to be on the fighter's end where they're going to have to really start training and being cognizant of what's going on or something that the UFC is going to have to do, whether it's, you know, a little bit more tape, something that's going to arch the hand a little more, keep the thumbs in, keep because it's it, 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 it can be very tragic. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I've seen some terrible, terrible eye pokes, you know, from Fabrizio Verdum. Obviously, you know, we know what happened with Michael Bisbing. Um, You know, you can take an eye, you can take an eye poke, you'll lose your eye. You know, there's a lot, a lot of things that can happen. Your eyes really are, you know, um, are, are fragile. You know, so eventually something's going to happen extremely terrible to somebody um, where it's going it's to really be an issue. Uh, so something has to be done. Um, as far as the, the, the downed opponents with the knees, that's just... Uh, negligence, in my opinion. I mean, that's just complete negligence. You need to know. You need to know what's going on. There's not many rules in the UFC. You know, with the knee from Anders was definitely not as bad as the one from, uh, from um, you know, the Aljamain Sterling fight. But it was bad enough. It was still an illegal knee. You know what I mean? So these are things that you can't lose your head in there. you got to stay composed. You've got to understand your surroundings. And that's where really when you when you see things like that, you got to kind of second guess a little bit. Is this guy losing his head? Because I know, listen, there's guys that I know, even, you know, sometimes I'll even say me. If you're out in the street, you're having a street fight. They say there's the thing. I saw black. I saw nothing. I don't even know what happened. I saw black. You can't see black. you got to know what's going on in there. You gotta you you gotta go in for a kill. When you smell blood, you gotta go in for that kill, but you also gotta understand the rules. And there's not many rules. So these are all things that they have to be fine-tuned, they gotta be, you know, uh, because it can really hinder a card. You know, and when we have the arenas back, you know, like uh they're talking about Jacksonville, Florida. If something like this that happened with the Leon Edwards fight, um, you know, happens with a, a packed arena, that's a travesty. I mean, these people pay money to go see standing, I mean, listen, we pay money. It goes, you know, for uh, for the TV, you know, for the pay-per-view events. You know, if that was a pay-per-view event, that would be a debacle. But these people are leaving their homes, they're paying money, they're getting tested, they're doing whatever precautions that need to be taken so they can get to their seat in the arena, okay? And then something like that happens and the whole main event is off in seconds or in a minute, whatever. Um, That's not a good look. So these are things that need to be Um, dialed in and need to be a focal point on, listen, how can we, what can we do here so this doesn't happen again? Um, So we had Leon Edwards last week. It didn't matter if you had him or not. Obviously, it was a no play. Um, To me, it looked like he was going to win that fight handedly. Now he's saying that he doesn't even know if he wants to give Bilal a rematch uh, because it just, he was convinced that uh, he was on his way to finishing him and and the fight would have been over. He feels he's on a different level. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I think that if Bilal took the fight when nobody would, a lot of people don't want to fight Leon Edwards. Um, It's something that was out of Bilal's control, whether he was winning the fight, losing the fight, getting killed, doing the killing. Um, I think that if he gave you the fight and he allowed you uh, to showcase your skills when a lot of people wouldn't, I do believe he deserves the rematch. Um, he's the one who did get eye-poked. He's the one who you know, took the fight. He's the one who gave you the opportunity to showcase your skills. You thanked him for that, for stepping up before the fight. Um, I think he does deserve a rematch. I'm sure it's going to go the same exact way. I'm sure Leon Edwards is going to win that fight. But I think out of respect, I think the right move to do is to give him uh, the rematch. So I hope UFC does give Bilal uh, a, a crack at that again. All right, but This fight, we're here. We got uh, Derek Brunson versus... Uh, Kevin Holland now, you know, this is a really odd fight because a lot of people are sleeping on Kelly Kevin uh, I mean uh, Derek Brunson a lot of people sleep on this guy You know, it seems to me Kevin Holland is your prototypical guy who has a lot of talent a lot of power A lot of people sleep on him a little bit And I think this is why this guy seems to climb the rungs of the ladder all the time his whole career He'll climb the rungs, climb the rungs, climb the rungs. He'll go on a nice little win streak. And then when it's time to fight one of the elitists, one of the really, 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 really top shelf guys in the UFC, he'll lose. Uh, and it kind of just pulls him out of the mix a little bit. All right. And that that's just what happens. That's why every fight in the UFC is crucial. Every fight you take is crucial. Your management is crucial. You know, uh, you know, when when, when when your team is assembling fights for you and accepting fights or rejecting fights, They have to really, really mind their P's and Q's, and they got to understand what are we doing here and and how is this going to benefit us or how is this going to not benefit us? Um, And Derek Brunson, to be honest with you, it's not any other reason, but it just seems like he can't get past that last pinnacle, that last guy, that top guy, that name, that Yoel Romero, those guys where he just can hop over. Anderson Silva's, every guy he's lost to um has been top level guys, like it's it, all his losses are from top level guys you know they're not from you know these guys that oh my god, he got beat by a prospector. he's losing to all the top guys, you know, but you have to beat these top guys to get in you gotta beat these top guys to get at that door to knock on that door so they open the door and say, all right well, now you're up. he hasn't been able to do that yet, so then he gets knocked down a couple runs and he wins a couple fights, he fights another top guy he loses. Then he gets knocked down a couple rungs. Then he comes back up and wins a couple fights and he fights another guy and he loses. You, you can't do that. You want a title shot, and you want to get in there and you want to really grind yourself up to the top and have that name and let the, the people know who you are. You've got to beat a couple big names. And it just seems like he can't beat those big names. But what does he do good? What does Derek Brunson do that's really good? Uh, you know, the guy's got good power. The guy's got good wrestling, he's got good pressure. That's one thing that we do know about Derek Brunson. Um, You know, the guy, when he is dialed in, when he's on his his role, uh, he does tie some really, really nice things together. Um, You know, and this is a fight where from if you look at it on paper and you look at it, you know, from a stylistic matchup, it is a matchup that he absolutely can win. Um, You know, because if you look at the style of Kevin Holland on the other side, this is a guy who has been winning fights in very odd situations. I mean, who would have ever thought he would beat Jacare Sazo the way he did? Um, but the thing with Kevin Holland is this, there's something to be said about confidence. You can have all the skills in the world. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever heard you're great in the gym, you're bad in the cage. So you got guys that are out there that in the gym, they are world beaters. They try everything. They'll try everything from flying triangles to, it's in the gym, they don't care. That once they step in that cage, they start pulling elements of their game out that they're not certain about. So now they're taking away that even though there's risk factors there, they're taking away paths that they might be really good at, but they're afraid to pull the trigger out of them because they don't want to make a mistake. Big difference. When you're in the gym, you really got nothing to lose when you're in the gym. So you can go balls to the wall and you could really, really, you know, light every candle and see what's working. Then when you go into the cage, You can't pick and choose what you want to do. You got to kind of stick to your blueprint, stay loose, be confident in your skills and say, listen, I landed this on this guy and I landed this on this guy in the gym or I land this every day in the gym. There's no reason why I can't land it on this guy in the cage. That's what a lot of guys do. A lot of guys kind of pull back. They they, they get nervous. They don't want to, you know, they want to stick to what they absolutely know. This is what I'm good at. Even though I'm good at some of these things, I'm not going to try them because this one counts. You got to be fluid. You got to be loose. You got to be limber. You got to be clear headed and you have to have confidence. And Kevin Holland has confidence to try anything. And that's what makes him good. It's not so much his skill and he's got great stand up and he can be wiry on the ground and he's awkward. It's that he does not care. He will try anything and everything and every path it is to win so when you have clear highways when you have your major highways major highways that you're following he's not afraid to go off these little detours and try to find shortcuts and that's how he tends to win his fights okay when you look at the jacques i mean let's go back to tiago santo's fight when you know dana white said about kevin holland well well, look what you know uh they needed a tiago santo's fight they needed someone to fight him on short notice and Dana White knew that from the contender series, this guy was just a, a chirper. This guy was a Big Mouth. So he literally said, call Big Mouth and see Big Mouth will take this fight. Big Mouth took that fight. And Big Mouth went in there, and he had a very respectable showing. He actually put Diago Santos in a couple spots. And when Diago Santos was laying it on him, laying it, he was talking to him. Man, that hurt. Man, that hurt. He, he's got a different mindset. So now you fast forward to when he fought Jacare Souza, and who the hell in their right mind would want to go to the ground with Jacare Souza? Who in their right mind would want to even tangle up with him? Your first instinct, if you're not a grappler and you're a striker, He's, you know, and I'm going to talk about his like kung fu base tied in and liquefied with everything else, but if you know that this guy is just a world class grappler, your immediate reaction is hot potato. And hot potato is basically, as soon as your ass hits that canvas. You're a hot potato, you're fucking trying to get back up. You're not sitting there and you're not fucking toying around, you're not rolling around and maybe trying to grab his heel if he's trying to grab your heel or or, or, or trying to do little things to scoop out the back door. You're a hot potato. You get, your game plan is if Jack Wright gets you to the ground or gets his, his arms around you, your ass hits the floor, you're getting right the fuck back up. Hot potato. Um, He didn't. He went to the ground, he sat on his ass and he literally started hammer fisting Um, uh, uh, Jacare from the ground and knocked him out, I've never seen anything like that. Like that I've never seen and that I never expected. He is not afraid to toy with anyone in any spot, in any situation. And that's what makes Kevin Holland a little special. And I'm not saying special like you look at a fighter and I'll look at somebody like like a Lomachenko or or some of these guys like this guy's special or Habib or Islam Makachev. They're special in their own way. He's special in his own way. He, he's not afraid to try things. But when you're not afraid to try things, there's two things going to happen. It can completely backfire in your face, but it can also be a very beneficial thing because you could do something that the other fighter's not expected or not expecting to see. So I don't think he's going to shy away from the things that Brunson is going to bring to him. He's going to have to be able to stop them. Kevin Holland can be taken down. Derek Brunson is going to have to be very mindful if he takes, if he pushes his hips against the cage, which I'm expecting him to do, I'm expecting him to come out early, you know, take that range away, uh, take that dance space away from him. Don't let Holland get creative. That is the key to this fight. You do not want Kevin Holland to get creative. Once you let him get into a pocket and find his bead and start laying off and start talking to you and stuff like that, he can very easily talk you out of your game. Um, so basically, what he wants to do is he wants to push that pace. He wants to get in on his hips. He wants to maybe thunder, thunder him with something to let him know, listen, bro, this is my power. Let him taste your power. Because once he tastes your power, that hand's going to be up. He's going to be worried. Well, I got hit with that. I don't like that. He can tell you he likes that all you want. He can tell you, all oh, that hurt or let's go. But you know the reaction of a fighter in a cage. You know if a punch hurt or if it didn't hurt. If a guy lands a, a nice shot, we're on the couch. We're going, like, ooh. And he comes back and he shakes his head. Yeah, that means it hurt. It doesn't mean I ate your punch. It means it hurt. You want to catch maybe Kevin Holland something with something early. Bring his guard up. Let him start saying, all right, well, I got to defend my face here. Change levels. Go for the hip. Push him against the cage. Make him carry your weight. Make him carry your weight. This isn't, it's not a race. You've got a five-round fight here. So you you're, 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 you should look for control and start eyeing up the finish near the end. You're not going to finish Kevin Holland early. He's too He's too awkward. He's too wiry. He's got too many different things that he's going to throw at you in the beginning. He's going to throw out little landmines. He's going to throw out little, little grenades as he's going to see what you're going to step on. And then when he sees where you're stepping, that's when he's going to start opening up. You don't want to give him that time. you got to push Derek Brunson back. You've got to take away his range. Don't let him get into any kind of a rhythm or pocket. That's the way that Brunson is going to have to be Kevin Holland here. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think I don't think Kevin Holland is the guy who is the Yoel know, Romero's and the Andersons. So he's not there yet. But what he has that 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 um, that can kind of uh, bring him a little higher into that level is that confidence. Is that awkward? Is that 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 the way about him? He's not afraid to try things. So. He's going to try crazy things. They, I mean, if, if Brunson gets him down or Brunson has him against a cage, you can expect Kevin Holland to try something ludicrous. I mean, it's just gonna, it's just his style. It's the way his mind works. He looks for, you know, the, I, I got to be honest with you. His nickname suits him, Trailblazer. He, he, every fight, he does something that maybe you haven't seen before. You know what I mean? So he's going to try new things. He's got that confidence to try new things, and I think that because of his activity. And because of you know, as he sees his career progressing in the UFC, and he sees well, this is becoming a very real thing. I think his trash talking is still there, his brashness is still there, but I think now every fight he is taking it that much more serious because he really sees that, wow, man, you know, I have a realistic shot here, like be a top, a top guy, a top guy. So I think this is a little bit different. This guy wants to fight. This guy wants to continue to showcase his skills. I don't think we've seen his ceiling yet. Um, I don't think we've we, we really know what his ceiling is right now. I don't think he's showcased his entire toolbox yet. Um, and I think that that just that trickiness um, is going to pause Brunson a little bit. I think it's going to pause him a little bit. Uh, and I think that that's hesitation. That hesitation is going to be the difference in this fight, where you're going to have Kevin Holland who's not going to hesitate, and you're going to have Derek Brunson, who may become hesitant. In the beginning, he's not. But as that fight goes on, he sees these little nuances and these little detours that Holland's taking and these little angles that he's creating. And, wow, what is is he doing? And I think it's going to make him a little hesitant. And I think as the fight goes on, as the fight goes on, you're going to see Holland starting to take control of the fight, start dictating terms, start getting his dance floor, start getting his dance space, and really start to create uh, in there. So I'm taking uh, Kevin Holland. I think it's a very good fight. I think DraftKings has this priced perfectly for once. I mean, God, they, every one of these fights re- recently have been priced off the wall. So they got Kevin, Kevin Holland at 84. They got um, Brunson at 78. I think that's exactly where it should be priced. Uh, Holland is the rightful favorite, uh, but that price tag shows that you have a live dog in Derek Brunson. Um, I think that from a DraftKings perspective, uh, that I am, uh, if you're going to do a 10 fight hedge, uh, I would probably do six to seven Holland remain there would be Brunson. I do not see this going to the cards. I do think you guys want some skin in this, uh, whether it's going to be, you know, midway through the fight or near the end of the fight. These guys got five rounds to work. Both of these guys can finish. Both of these guys are proven finishers. I do not think he goes to the cards. I do think Kevin Holland gets it done. Um, but you definitely got to get yourself some Brunson. I took, uh, from a betting perspective, I did take Kevin Holland. Uh, I think he is a. I, I don't think the price is fantastic. I got it at a little better price. I think now it's juiced up to about 180. I got it when it was a little bit cheaper. Um, but you know, I, I that's kind of towing the line right now. As if it's sitting, if it's still sitting at 180, it's kind of towing the line. I got it earlier, but I did put an official official bet. On, uh, Kevin Holland so that's it for this week next week we will be back I will be in California tonight uh, and me and my partner will be doing everything back to normal so I hope you enjoyed the video comment below subscribe watch all of the Mail media networks other videos uh, and support the channel talk to you soon